Alright, welcome back to Ladies Let's Talk About Sex. I'm your host Felicia and I'm a lady talking about sex. So this week we have a very special guest with us. We have Katie, a Toronto esthetician and she focuses on natural skin care and vegan products. You can check her out on Instagram at Faces by Katie. Um, so yeah, welcome Katie to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming. Happy um, to be here. I'm so excited to have you. Uh, Katie and I have been friends, but I've also been going to Katie for my facial care and my eyebrow care um, for, I think, five years now. Yeah, just about that. A long time. (laughs) Um, But today we're going to talk about something other than our skin, um, and we're going to talk about sex and sex education. So kind of going off of what we talked about last week, me and my roommate had a discussion about our sex education. Um, but I, now I wanted to ask you, Katie, about your experience and kind of because how you of grew my up. oversharing the last time I saw you <laughs> in the salon. <laughs> but you know what? It was such an important conversation that we had, and I was so happy you felt comfortable sharing with me. And I'm so happy you feel comfortable sharing with everyone now. Um, so maybe do you want to give people a little bit of a background on kind of your like education experience growing up and like how that was um I mean there's not a lot to say it was pretty pretty non-existent um other than I mean in elementary school they maybe teach you like the anatomy of things but I don't know how relevant that is to what like grade five or six or whenever they do that so I mean, most of it is just from friends or anything like that. Like, I don't, I don't think my school really did anything other than pop in the like, say no to your creepy Uncle Larry video, <laughs> which I mean, I guess is a good thing, but I think you need a little bit more than that. No, for sure. And to give people like just a better understanding of like kind of how did you have a conservative family when you were growing up or were they very liberal how was that in correlation to like your sex education I mean my parents are very like rock and roll hippie kind of parents so I wouldn't say that they were I I wouldn't say that they're conservative or political at all so it's not that it was an uncomfortable topic it just it was it was never really discussed so I mean like even when I got my period it was just like okay cool great and when it came down to using tampons or anything like that it was here's a box go in the bathroom figure it out if you want to go swimming with us on this vacation um there was never like I never had the official talk it was just assumed that I would I would figure it out I guess hmm And would you, me and my roommate had this discussion a little bit in the last episode, we kind of talked about if our parents did give us the birds and the bees talk, would it be a good talk, do you think? Do you think your parents knew enough about it to give you like a good education? Or do you think that they were kind of just as blind as we were? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it was the blind leading the blind. Like. (laughs) anything like that whole boomer generation with their parents like not talking about 
anything at all. Like I can think of like my grandparents don't even like to admit like when they're injured or have a problem. So I can't imagine like what type of sex ed that my parents had. You know what I mean? I think it's just all very repressed. No, for sure. I think that's a lot of people's experience, which is kind of why I wanted to have this conversation with you. Um, Because I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned and through experiences and even just through navigating sex without like any education, essentially. So when you were beginning to have sex, how was that for you? And like, when you began exploring, were you like the first of your friends? Did you know what you were doing? Did you have no idea? I was definitely always the first of my friends like even at school dances and things like that I was the first one to slow dance and open that up I think I was the first one to have my first kiss and I think that I was always a really I guess over sexualized child but I mean my my first encounter even with like oral sex I was I was 12 and that just started because there was a rumor that I did that and then when it came down to okay this is what you do that you know I I had to perform I guess so everything sort of happened from a really young age um and it kind of domino affected from there. I mean, I grew up in in a generation like where our Kelly songs were like top hits on the radio. It was a very um, like conquest and conquer sort of setting, I guess, when it came to like dating or boy and girl interactions. And do you think that like this narrative came from just like the era that you grew up in or was there like an experience you had that kind of paved the way for you to feel like this was who you were supposed to be or because you grew up if you don't mind me asking early 2000s like your middle school experience was early 2000s yeah early 2000s Okay, because I'm like five years after you, so I I, w- I just wanted to like make a reference because I, I remember some R. Kelly songs, but it wasn't like <laughs> the, the things you played at the school dances at that point for me. Yeah, I mean, um, like my like tween and teen generation, there was no like me too or say no or get consent. Like there, there was there was none none of that at all. So do you think that this narrative kind of stemmed from just like it being cool to slut shame? Because I remember that was a huge thing at one point. Yeah, I mean, 100%, I would I would say, um, I'm just trying to think of some things like that's even how that happened with my like, with that oral sex experience when I was 12. It was like, you know, Christina Aguilera dirty music videos and you know yeah (laughs) and and you know and I and I I don't want to blame myself but you know I used to walk around and pull pull my g-string like all the way up and you know try to emulate that and act like that and and one thing leads to another and rumors get around and even though they weren't true that that's just kind of who I I became to everybody um yeah, I don't know. No, I, I think it's 
it's like an important thing to recognize because even now that we grow, we like we see kids grow up in a society where like this type of, you know, personality isn't cool. But then you see kids who are like very into like, for example, like TikTok or they're into being a social media influencer and they're doing everything to aspire to this kind of personality. So I think it's it's it plays a huge factor in like your early adolescence and like the narratives that we have within our society really dictate what kids kind of aspire to be um whether it's positive or negative right like now we're in this really cool era where there's me too and there's you know all of these um child activists and like that's something incredible to aspire to but you know you take 20 years back and it was really really cool to you know, explore your sexuality and be promiscuous. And whether that was like what you actually wanted or not, that's just what like the cool kids were doing. So like peer pressure does play a huge factor into this early adolescence uh, kind of like sexual exploration. And, and it's just hard because I feel like with peer pressure and when you're such a young kid and, and getting into sex and things like that, it's like there's peer pressure, but they don't really know what they're pressuring for like you said it's still the blind leading the blind but it's instead of adult to child teaching kids it's just kids I don't know no for sure I mean like I definitely didn't know anything about sex probably until university and like I'm still learning so it's it's like very worrying to like even feel that pressure at such a young age of like 12 years old. Like, I don't think my boobs came in until I was like 16. So <laughs> just to like be a sexual item and still not be like fully developed is like, it's, it's interesting to like talk about because it's not something we see as much, but it's definitely still around. Yeah, like, I don't want to sound like a character from Maury or anything like that, but, like, (laughs) it was definitely, like, my peer group and even anyone that I talked to, like, it it was pretty normal between that age, like, 12, 13 to 16. It's like you've already lived the, like, sexual life of what some people start to do in their 20s, so. Yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy to think about, I think, as, like, a, a 20 year old to like to think back to like 12 year old me and just think <laughs> about all the weird things that I did to appeal to boys or to be sexual or whatever it was whether it was on like one extreme or the other it's just it's it's an interesting thing to think about so when you were exploring um like your sexuality was like masturbation ever a part of that type or was it always you're gonna make of- you're gonna make everyone think I need a a therapist, but um, no. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> like I I have memories of um, exploring um, from a super young age. Like I would say, even like kindergarten age, I can remember like hiding behind a bookshelf or like using a pillow, and um, like I can vividly remember my mother and grandmother yelling at me telling me not to do that and that was kind of where the conversation ended which obviously Mm -hmm. I didn't stop doing that I just got better at hiding so maybe I was just a really perverted child or I'm not sure no no it's it's actually so interesting because I 
last week I spoke with my roommate about our sex ed experiences. And I remember in the textbook them telling us that like five-year-old boys are so inclined to like touch themselves, but they never talked about girls, even though, you know, all women are born with a, or most women are born with a clit. And that's literally the only purpose of the clit is for pleasure. So it's like we come with this, this item and we don't even get encouraged to use it. So, and it's also interesting because for me, I never saw pleasure in sex until I went to university. So I actually started masturbating after my first time, which was, it's like the the wrong way to do everything, but like, I didn't know. So I'm just, I, it's very interesting because especially like in the early 2000s, mid 2000s, I don't think women having orgasms was cool at all. No, I mean, you can even look at television shows that were on at that time. Like if you, like I used to watch The Sopranos and like men giving women oral sex, like it was still super taboo and would be like, I don't know, men would be penalized and made fun of for that. But now it's like um, an empowering thing and like guys brag about doing it. So just the way that things have changed over the years is is also funny. But um, and just going back to what you were talking about before, it's like I feel like women are viewed as sexual objects or like even just a tool for sex, but we're not viewed as enjoying sex or the other participant if if that makes sense that's I feel like that's why they don't talk about the other side of things like woman masturbating or anything like that like I I feel like sex in general is just very geared towards men and for me like I you know was indulging in self-pleasure from such a young age so like I knew what felt like what and what felt good maybe I couldn't exactly put a name on it but then when I started having my own interactions it wasn't feeling like that like I could I can say that I definitely was I mean there was the whole thrill of it I guess like I don't know if I wanted the attention or wanted to be desired or it was just something to do but I mostly like I wasn't enjoying the sex part of it I was maybe just enjoying the interaction and and the thrill of it all and I I definitely kissed a lot of boys and I guess just that I don't I don't I don't know it it, it's weird looking back I guess yeah no I I completely agree and I think that like at such a young age too it's hard to like know what you want out of this out of like a sexual interaction but if you don't really know what good sex is or like like if you if you don't even know how to orgasm essentially with a partner it's like you know sex is you know biologically it's supposed to be there for us to make babies but at 15 that's not what you want so it's supposed to be pleasurable for both parties and because of the narrative, especially in the early 2000s around surrounding women and sex, I don't think that a lot of us had the opportunity to explore the the counterpart of it. And like, you know, it takes two to tango. So both people should enjoy the dance. It shouldn't just be one person. So I definitely think you're right about the whole, like the narrative around women as 
kind of objects or vessels. I'd like to hope that we're moving past this. And like, I definitely think there's more of a, a platform for women to discuss their desires and their needs um, now more than ever. But um, yeah, I, I, I like to think that we're evolving, but I definitely think there's a lot more growth that like the sex ed industry needs. I mean, even now, like I'm studying to be a teacher and I have no um, like courses within my degree that are related to sex education. Like if I wanted to get any sex ed training, I would have to do that outside my degree, which is like upsetting. I mean, and I'm teaching elementary school, so I can't even imagine what high school teachers are doing because they have more I don't even remember anything. I mean, maybe I didn't go to class, but (laughs) I don't remember anything in high school at all. And I don't even, I don't even know if like sex education is the, is the proper word. I think that there need, we just need to normalize things and, and let kids feel safe and let them know that it's okay. Like, and to stop not shaming, but it, just repressing the whole topic because kids need to be taught a sexual responsibility, if that makes sense. That's something that I feel like I really didn't have and, and what landed me into a lot of trouble. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't think you're alone in that. I think that a lot of people have like a similar experience, if not parallel one to you. So then I I wanted to ask, how did your lack of sex ed affect you when you were younger and when you were exploring this, you know, sexual exploration when you were like 12, 13, 14, 15? I mean, there was a lot of things. (laughs) Let me just, I mean, working my way up. So starting from when like the rumor ran around and then I got thrown into like oral sex so young um, and just getting myself. And I don't want to say that getting myself into situations, but um, even like I, again, was 12, 13 at a neighbor's. um, Everyone was drinking and hanging out and um, so was I. And we left and I left my purse there or maybe the older teenager hit it but I went back for it um so I was by myself and then he came on to me he was kissing me um was on top of me and I didn't I didn't want that I didn't like that I didn't I didn't know why that was happening to me and I eventually did leave and I ran up the street to one of my friend's houses but that was really unsettling and and things like that they just always seem to happen to me I don't I don't know why boys or men feel the need to like whip their penis out all the time but that was it just became something very very normal to me or I don't know what was expected of me um and then moving along to when I when I had my first I guess maybe you would say serious boyfriend from um, I was pretty much with him all of high school. So what was I like 14 to 17? Um, I ended up after all of those times, but I, I lost my virginity to him and I ended up um, becoming that statistic. I was um, pregnant at 15 
um, and kind of tried to ignore it. And my mom was the one that noticed and she took me to a clinic. I ended up having an abortion. Um, and after that, the conversation pretty much was, okay, cool, we're putting you on birth control so that doesn't happen again. I didn't really understand. I mean, I understood what birth control was, but as even now, like when I became an esthetician and started looking how things and skin and everything is all connected, like I, I didn't understand what exactly birth control was doing to my body. I, I used to get chest pains. It triggered um, hormonal acne and, and all sorts of things like that. And it's just kind of shitty that that's what women go through again. So like what? That men can touch us and we're not even having a good time. Um, and even after that happened, that boyfriend I had at the time, he, you know, looked me dead in the face and said, yeah, like I came in you a few times by accident and you didn't get pregnant. So I wanted to see if I could get you pregnant. Like it was a very abusive, manipulative dynamic for a very young age. And you know, if I could go back, I, I would say grade nine and 10 is, is too young to have a boyfriend. I mean, there was no telling me that at, at, at that time, but um, I wish I even would have waited until more like grade 11 and 12 or, or even after high school. Um, because even, even that whole experience, like I, I didn't have a, a support system at all when, when that was happening. You know, I was in this abusive position with this person. And then at the same time, I was being isolated from my friends. Like this is what, 2007 when, um, you know, Facebook just comes out. And um, I had like a hundred comments on my page telling me that like I'm a dumb slut and go kill myself and all kinds of things making making fun of me and, and things like that. And it's funny because later on, like if you fast forward a few years, a lot of the people that were bullying me at that time either messaged me asking questions about abortion and wanting to talk to me or confide in me and saying sorry because now they were put in similar positions or they're messaging me asking me to do their eyebrows and for skin advice so I mean like someone always needs something (laughs) yeah it's just weird I mean the, the the way that that things happen but I I didn't I didn't have anywhere to turn to at that time, so I wish I I wish I had a better support system. And I and I mean there is that like now there's so much like anti bullying um, things. It, it it was just it was just normal for again my gen and we keep talking saying my generation early two thousands. Like I'm letting like everyone know my age. But- that makes the difference honestly with the times and Facebook was a thing when I was going around but I also went to a Catholic school so the bullying wasn't I went to a Catholic school too and (laughs) oh my god yeah (laughs) no I just it's honestly it's such an important story to tell it also I I like I feel a lot of empathy towards you because this, you know, your experience is 
unfortunately very similar to a lot of women's and especially in you know I I can't speak before the you know the early 2000s because I wasn't alive but I'm sure that this has been going on for years and years and years and the fact that like even you yourself kind of normalize this idea of like it just unfortunately happened that like guys keep whipping their dicks out in front of me it's like it's crazy that that's that was normal for you. I don't know if I just like radiated some sort of energy that said that that was okay, but it's like, you know, you would go on a date to see a movie at your first date and I would get back in the car, put my seatbelt on, turn around and oh, there's someone's wiener. And it's like, what do you, what do you do with that? Like, I, I think, I don't know, like, there needs to be some sort of hashtag telling men to to stop doing that. Like, I don't know. Well, essentially, that's what Me Too is. And it's crazy, though, that I have friends now living in, you know, 2020, and they have the same, they'll go on dates, and then the guy will drive them home and whip his dick out. And they just, like... I and wish I got driven home first. That didn't even happen. We were in the movie parking lot and that has always, always happened. And when I, um, for this, you know, I wasn't really into the date or anything. Like I didn't feel like there was even a connection. So I was, I was shook. And when I told them like, no, can you please drive me home? I, I don't want to do that. I guess he thought, no, I don't want to have sex. So he grabbed the back of my head and like tried to push my head down to give him a blowjob. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that either. And he couldn't, he was stunned. He couldn't believe it. And he said like, this has never happened to me before. And I was just like, really? Like, this is really? And I'm like, can you take me home? Or do I have to walk home? Like, take me home. Um, And then we never spoke again. But I mean, stuff like that, I can't even count on my hands how many times weird things like that has happened. That's like, (laughs) it's it's sexual assault. And it's, it's, it's so, I don't know why it still shocks me every time I hear a story like that because it's so much more likely than isn't like the statistic is one in four will get sexually assaulted I think in Canada so that's 25% of women will have some type of story that's very parallel to yours and I think we don't even realize it like I think I'm so desensitized to it like I I would just I don't know think that that's a regular normal thing it's not it's it's (laughs) so not Uh, absolutely and it's not even about like the type of energy you radiate or the outfit you wear or whatever it is it's just this culture that a lot of men feel entitled to sex regardless of if there's a romantic connection or if their the date went so well or if they paid for dinner or whatever like or even if they're just there like they there's some men who have this idea that it's they're deserving of it and they're owed it and that's not okay at all in any in any form or way year century decade person like it just it's not okay at all but it it's unfortunately it's happened um and it I definitely like I can't even fathom you know how traumatic that would have been to experience 
Like, I mean, by that point, a lot has already, like, that was after the high school boyfriend, after everything. So it, it was, <laughs> you know, I wasn't, uh, <laughs> I don't know how mindfully, yeah, I don't know how mindfully traumatized I was at the time. I can imagine, though, the first time something like that ever happened to you. The first time something like that happened to me again. So I was I was 12, and I used to go and hang out with everybody at, um, the park up the street from my house and a bunch of boys asked me um, if I wanted to go on a walk and I mean sure I was like yeah boys cool like let's go on a walk and they took me on a walk in between a bunch of trees and they literally it was like a scene from a movie circled me and were implying like okay cool now like give us head again because that rumor is something that went around um Oh my God. <laughs> and then luckily, um, one of the other boys that were at the park came and asked what was going on and kind of pulled me away from the situation. So, yeah. <laughs> That's... I, I, <laughs> and I keep I keep laughing or nervous laughing, but it, I, I know. It, it, I, I guess just looking back, I'm like, wow, all these things happened. I mean, it's definitely like I'm. I'm so happy you're sh- you're sharing this story as as like you know challenging as it is for anyone to kind of talk about these things. It's 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 definitely like a heavy hearted situation, and like I can't imagine ever like I I I just don't even have a story to compare to that because that's just crazy to me. But like, it's such an important thing to talk about because it happens more than it doesn't. Um, but I'm just, like, I'm, I don't know, like, <laughs> a part of me <laughs> wants to say, like, I'm sorry, like, and I know that there's nothing I can do, but it's, it's just so, it's so incredible how, like, you know, you still radiate so much positivity and kindness, like, in your everyday life, and even after experiencing, like, so many traumatic things like I don't I think if something like that happened to me I would have like armadilloed and cried like I just don't think I have the the personality to like be strong in a situation like that but like what you're doing and just even talking about it because I'm sure that at least one person listening has a story very similar to that which is not okay it's not okay to have these stories and they're not you know the type of, you know. And I think even if the person listening doesn't have a story like this themselves, most likely their friend does. And as somebody who grew up not having a consistent group of girlfriends, I think it's so important. Like I would have, I would have loved, like, and I, I love the best friend and the friends that I have now. And I think that if I had that when I was younger, you know, maybe I would have been less around the boys and when more having sleepovers, just hanging out with the girls, you know, I, I think it's just so important to be there for each other because nobody else will. And that's in terms of like our teachers, our parents, clearly the boys, not to sound like a man hater, but I mean, um, I, I think that that sisterhood is, is really important. No, I, and I definitely think that that's something we want to radiate here. 
and just kind of encourage. And so like a part of the podcast is just going to be me chatting with people that I like love and care about. And I want to share their stories Um, on top of like, you know, specialists and doctors and, you know, people with expertise have so much knowledge and so much understanding. But I also think that there's a lot of education in real stories and kind of come moving on or, you know, accepting the truths beyond kind of all of the traumas or even just situations that you've had to experience. So moving on, how did you find, did you end up gauging more about, you know, having good sex and having like positive sex experiences after kind of high school and after the abortion? Or was that a long process for you to kind of rekindle and come back to? I don't know. I would, it was a bit of a process because after that happened, when you're, I don't even, I feel so dramatic saying words like this, but when you're just abused and manipulated like that, it takes a lot to come back out of your shell. So um, by the end of high school, I did end up um, breaking up with that person which Woo-hoo. still took a long time. There was, there was still, um, it was, it was a very, if you, I could probably be on some other podcast um, if I went into detail for that, but um, got out of that. And, and then, yeah, I was, it was still 12 year old Katie, but just older now, you know, I was that like 18 to in my um, like really early twenties was again just going to parties hanging out with boys and my mindset was this is what they're gonna do and this is what they want from me so let's just you know cool let's go to dinner let's go hang out and and it became very detached I guess um and still wasn't really enjoying I mean I love I mean I I love making out I'm such a kisser so it it was always exciting and you know going out then that's when I started clubbing and doing stuff like that but again still um still those kind of situations and another one I remember um I she wasn't even my friend. She was an acquaintance in the group of friends I went out with and she was very drunk and ended up, you know, being taken into a car, um, by the group of guys that we were hanging out with or met that night. And half of the group of girlfriends went home and said, okay, fine, leave her. And I was just like, no, how, how can we, how can we leave her? Like, I'm not leaving her. So, you know, I get in the car too. We end up at, a condo or a loft or wherever we ended up and it was just super creepy and um I ended up having to lock myself in the bathroom and was so uncomfortable because this group of guys just thought it was going to be a sexcapade going on and I honestly don't even remember how I got home but I know I called somebody and they picked me up and and took me home and to this day I I hope that that girl is okay and I never talked to her I don't know where she is on social media or anything like that and yeah I just knew that I had to get myself out of there um and eventually I I I do want to say that now um I am in a relationship I've been in a relationship for seven years um and it's very different because even when when we 
first started dating. By the way, I'm I'm with the boy who in the story I told earlier that um, came and broke up that circle of boys behind the trees. I, I'm dating that person. Um, that is like one of the cutest <laughs> stories I think I've ever heard in my life, honestly. I remember the first time he told me, I was like, oh my God, love is real. Like, what is this? It's out there. Yes, I, I never I never thought that I would have such a idealistic, cheesy love story. But, mm-hmm. um, and I mean, he, I, I don't know, he, he was one, the only men in my life who never whipped their weenie out at me and was always very kind and gentle and I always viewed him I guess as my protector but um and when we first started dating again because obviously I knew him for more than half my life but that I was super sexual and I I I was like, I don't want to sleep over. Like, let's just hang out. Like, let's just have sex. Take me home. You can go away after. Like, I, I didn't, I didn't want a relationship. I didn't know. To me, being emotional or having that other side of things was harder for me than it was to be naked and have sex. So it, it took a while, but um, yeah. Think things are better now and just being very in tune with your partner and talking about things and exploring that together and I think it's really important to have a partner that wants you to orgasm too because I spent more than half my life either having sex or doing sexual things and it, it was performing at the end of the day it's performing for the other person and instead of doing it for yourself no, for sure. And I think that's like a really nice way to kind of close up. You know, I think we really divulged into your life and I'm so happy that you <laughs> end it, end it with that with a happy story. You're not gonna <laughs> call a therapist or I'm gonna have some white padded room barge in my room and take me away. <laughs> no, absolutely not. It's it's I think so important to like also advertise or not advertise but talk about the resilience posts you know all of these very traumatizing and manipulative situations because I I want to encourage that like you know what we may have these experiences we may have these stories that might not be so you know lighthearted or exciting to kind of talk about and maybe there's a lot of fear and vulnerability but after you know exposing yourself and and really peeling those layers down there is a happy ending and there there you know whether it's with a guy or without or if it's just exploring yourself and you know pleasing yourself or whatever that is i i really like to hope that in life we can all get to that point um so i i like i love that you know, we get to hear this little cute story about your boyfriend <laughs> who you you do rave about him every time I see um, you. I always talk about <laughs> you. So, um, no, I really, I appreciate that. And so I my final question is, what is something you wish, I guess we'll say 12-year-old Katie knew? So it could be in relation to sex. It could be in relation to, like, yourself or just, like, what if you could go back and tell her one thing what would it be 
I wish I not only knew how to say no, but I just wish I was more vocal. I think I just let things happen to me and I, I wish that I didn't. And I would also say, tell her, just don't do it for the boys, do it for yourself. I love that. That's so awesome. I, I think that's a really great way to kind of close up the little, the little story we just we kind of <laughs> the too on. many the too many stories. I mean, it it does get better. It, it is true. You you live and you learn. Um, but hopefully, we can just help e- help each other so that we don't have to literally go through all of these experiences. But I mean, like it you you just you just keep going and it does help shape who you are but yeah but before i leave i want to tell you about our sponsor of the week my plus one my plus one is a sexual pleasure company providing sex toys at a reasonable price to individuals all over north america the reason why i love them so much is because they're on a mission to empower women to own their sexual wellness by making affordable accessible and high quality sexual wellness devices Whether it's for pleasure or wellness, women deserve convenient access to high-quality, affordable sexual wellness devices, like theirs, so they can own their sexuality. This week, MyPlusOne has partnered with us again to do another giveaway on our Instagram. So find us on Instagram at ladiesletstalkaboutsex. More information will be on our podcast post number three. No, thank you so much. I appreciate you kind of opening up and being vulnerable. I know there's a lot of fear in that, but I really think that your experiences and your stories are going to really help some young women out kind of, maybe we can be the sisterhood that not everyone has. Um, And you know, you can have it on your phone, (laughs) which is even more accessible and convenient. Um, I love that. I mean, yeah, (laughs) if I can talk to you about it while I'm giving you a facial I'm I figured I can talk about it on the internet I mean you know whatever works for you (laughs) um but yeah I just wanted to thank you again Katie for coming on and talking to us about it if anybody has any questions for Katie that are beauty related she is my go-to girl you can find her on Instagram at faces by Katie Um, And she's also uh, a vegan, so she has a lot of fantastic vegan recipes. Um, So you can go hit her up for that um, if you're interested. Did you have anything else you wanted to plug in, Katie? No, I think I should quit while I'm ahead. I think I said a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I appreciate you coming on the podcast Um, and just sharing your story. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks for listening to Ladies Let's Talk About Sex. Make sure to check us out every Monday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify for new episodes.